What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of CMA Podcast. How is everybody doing? Back once again with a man who needs no introduction, or I refuse to introduce him this time. Say your name, motherfucker. I am Bert Green, and it's lovely to be here again. Always a pleasure, man. How are you doing this yeah. evening? Monday. I am all good. Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, tired from the weekend. It was a couple of late nights, obviously. I watch basically all American sports. So whilst we were treated to um, nice timings uh, for the event on Saturday, I did uh, watch the American football last night. And uh, yeah, and it goes on quite late. But hey, the Jets won again. So pretty happy with that. There you yes. go, man. Uh, do you like, are you... You're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed then on, on Monday morning, right? You're you're in the office. Oh, get, no, no, I don't go into the office on Mondays. I usually work from home. But I get up at my, – my routine is I'm up at 7, out of bed at 7, no matter what. No matter what time I've been to bed, I have to get up at 7 because otherwise I'm annoyed at myself. Right, yeah, just, you mentioned that on the last episode. It's like a discipline thing, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it, I mean, sometimes I haven't, I've gone to bed too late, you know, 2 in the morning or whatever, but yeah. I still drag myself out of bed at 7 feeling terrible and i'll feel terrible for the day but i'll feel better than i would have done if i'd have slept in that makes yeah sense. man that's how it goes man hey you're an, an, an inspiration to many that's oh, what we'll say thanks. that's <laughs> it so we're here to break down ufc 280 live from abu dhabi it was yas island in abu dhabi um we were we were treated at the weekend to um fights at a reasonable hour um, so there was no like waking up in the middle of the night. There was no like staying up all night. It was just, um, I think the first fight was at uh, 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe 4. Yeah, I, did, I didn't watch the time. early prelims. I went and did some redneck shit. We went to, I found out there's a, there's a speedway that I did not know about that's 20-minute drive from my house. And it's like just banger racing, like destruction derby kind of shit. Crashes right. everywhere, wheels coming off, cars setting on fire carnage and it's 20 minutes from my house it's like how did i not know about this so me and mates we, we went there because he, he wanted to take his kids for a day out somewhere so we went there and they absolutely loved it but we're like we've got to come back here because you can take your own beers in as well game changer there you go, man. so take your own beers in like take a cooler of beers sit on the hill watch some carnage but yeah i was doing that during the day i got the first fight i watched was um balau muhammad i think uh, yeah I watched every single fight and I listened to the commentary between every single fight as well. Um, I stayed in the How apartment most of the day. Get on? Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. To, sorry. To How, it just, it just popped into my head. Cause you just said you watched all the fights and I realized I didn't see the early fights. Yeah. So how did Uzdemir get on? Uh, so Uzdemir came out blazing, firing, yeah. firing on all syllables. Did he fizzle out fast? <laughs> he just fizzled out very, very fast. Oh. I felt very bad for the guy, dude. He had he had the other guy in a lot of trouble in the first minute, minute and a half. He always does. And then I don't know that he just gas or just lose the the fucking killer instinct that he's got and just got taken down, got outstruck. It was like, yeah, it just was not a good night. I don't know what's yeah. going to happen with Ozdemir from now on, man. That's a lot of losses on his record. He's a uh, good, but he's always. He's always a spectacle. Like he yeah. either wins spectacularly or loses devastatingly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. What, you know, that's what I like about him. 
Yeah, so there was some good fights. Let's uh, let's stick to the the main three fights. Yes, um, yes but yeah, just the the prelims were not like barn burners. There was a couple of good submissions. There was a couple of good uh, TKOs. There was some great jujitsu um, and individual sports like jujitsu, kickboxing, and boxing exhibitions. There were some oh. great great moments. Um, didn't live up to the the hype, but again. These guys are, are new. They're working their way up the rankings. And the last three fights like were just soup. Like what, what would, what's the phrase you'd use? And like super anticipation for these fights. Really, yeah, the really star excited. power was very high. If you're yeah. an MMA fan, like it's, it's weird. The problem is, this is part of the problem that UFC have uh, since uh, the loss of, say the loss of Connor. He's still chirping around. But he, Connor, sure. the reason Connor and those guys were such valuable commodities for the UFC is because they transcended the sport and into popular culture. Yeah, I don't think anybody on the card, even Sean O'Malley, I think most people, you'd have to at least have some knowledge of combat sports to know who he is. He's not on that level of like people. You ask ten people walking down the street, show them a picture of Conor McGregor, and they'd say, "Yeah, he's you know eight out of ten people will probably say is that Irish." fighting fella isn't it yeah, even yeah. if they've got no knowledge of mixed martial arts this is my argument when uh i was saying why nganu doesn't make that kind of money it's because look you took a picture of france nganu down the street and asked 10 people who is this guy like maybe three three maybe four on a good day of yeah. people would say yeah that's france nganu one of the baddest heavyweights on the planet is the is the heavyweight champion in the ufc and odds are those people would be ufc fans yeah, I mean, that's the difference. So going into this one, Sean O'Malley, I mean, hostile territory. He was coming over mm -hmm. from the US. Um, Jan, Peter Jan was, um, where is he? Is he Russian? I don't want to get He is Russian. He yeah, is yeah. Russian. He is um, Russian. I think he's full Russian though. He's right. not like from Dagestan. He's a yeah. full Russian, a full yeah. nasty piece of work. Russian. Yeah. So, he he was, so Sean O'Malley is this fighter who was, fighting his contract correctly. He was fighting mm. low-ranked guys, making a lot of money outside of the cage, just doing his contract correctly. And um, he renegotiated his contract, and this yes. was his first fight on his new higher-paid contract, his higher tier. And he's fighting a guy, I mean, arguably, like, former champ. Like, you know, he's is he top two or three in the in the division? Um, he's still top two or three. I mean, yeah. I rate Pete again. Um, even... I saw a funny meme actually. It's just like just had a picture of Peter Yan. It's just like I st I don't care what the judges say. I've still never seen this man lose. Yeah, Do you know, <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it's like yeah. obviously that was the disqualification. Yeah, so Sean gets in there, and we were all kind of like, "What's going to happen? Is Sean going to get absolutely murdered because now he's in the big leagues?" Um, controversial. I thought that Peter would win. I. Mm -hmm more or less had Peter winning. Um, the rhetoric online is that Peter Yan won the fight, but Sean O'Malley gets his hand raised in a split decision. What's your take on the fight? Well, uh, I bet on Sean O'Malley. I did pick Sean O'Malley, but I did specify that I thought it'd be a knockout. Actually, I, I thought the um, the cross, because he's got a great rear cross, Sean O'Malley. Like, that's, his, that's his money punch, the one where like, he pumps out the jab twice, but he pumps it short. That's what she said. Um, yeah, sorry. And then, but then he, it, it, it 
because otherwise the jab is going to push your opponent backwards and then you've got to move into the punch whereas what he does is he is he pumps the jab twice and he sets his feet and because he hasn't pushed his opponent backwards they're in range of the cross yeah. that makes sense that that's just something that I that I picked up from just watching all his fights that's that's how he got Wineland and he did land that cross a few times on Yan I thought it would uh, credit to Yan's chin. Yan's got he's tough as old boots, is Peter Yan. Yeah. But actually, credit to Sean's chin as well. Like he, like Yan clipped him with some really good shots. I have watched the fight again without the commentary on, and actually, I don't think it because at first I thought that is a. It, I don't use the term robbery. You know this. I, I argue against that. If a fight's close, the fight's close. And I actually, I messaged you. I said I thought that was a robbery. But I have since gone back and watched it again. No commentary, and read. And I still think that my opinion has not changed. I'm kidding. It's like, no, um, my opinion's changed somewhat. I still think that Yan won. I still think it was a bad judge's decision. Yeah. But it's not a robbery. It was close enough. You could make an argument. I don't understand how they because I thought rounds two and three were Yan's. I really did. I thought Yan did enough to steal round three because he was even. I thought it was even on the feet, and then he got the takedown and controlled it. Yeah. So, for me, that I I, I wasn't sure how they gave Sean round three. The the round up for grabs was really round one. That was a close round. But yeah. yeah, no, it is what it is. You know, both of them did well. I thought that Sean performed a lot better than people thought that he would. And uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. He walked away with the win in a few years. You won't even remember there was any controversy. Yeah. It would just be he beat PCN. Yeah, for real. I mean, getting past this onto his next fight, people are not going to remember mm. this at all. Um, but when you look at it, I, I, I didn't watch the fight back, mm. but I did watch uh, a lot of the, the big gun podcasts like weighing in. And I yep. watched the Calabasas fight companion. I know nice. that's, that's not like, you know what that is. Um, Frank Mir had Peter Yan losing the first round and losing the third round. And he gave, oh, okay. he gave the fight in real time before the judges made a decision or Bruce said the result. He gave it to, um, to Peter. Yeah. No, sorry. Well, he is no, an no, expert. No, 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 no. He get, yeah, no, he gave it to Peter. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And oh, he's an he expert, had pizza, as you said. He had pizza. Do you mean Sean? I thought you said... Could... No, 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 he gave it to... He, what am I fucking saying? Yes, he gave it to Sean O'Malley. He, he said that Sean, Sean yeah. just it was a justified decision for Sean. And, you know, you can have your political opinion about, like, Brendan Schaub and the bias of, like, weighing in because they all hate the UF, like, they hate Dana White and all and yeah. that comes with it. Um, but when you see someone as knowledgeable as Frank Mir saying against the grain... It's like, what am I missing here? So my my homework this week is to go back and watch this fight, like you did, with that, with no commentary, with no crowd noise, nothing. Although Frank Mir did also say that he that Brock Lesnar is not a very good pro wrestler, and that's wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> Frank Mir also has brain trauma, so I can <laughs> yeah. see your point on that yeah. one. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I can't. I could, like I said, I could. I can see a case for both guys. Having watched it again yeah. but at the time, I was. I was drunk. I was drunk. Like, <laughs> I was like, there you go, man. Uh, so let's see what's next for Sean O'Malley, man. I, I'm excited. I don't think he's going to get the title shot after that performance. No. It was a good fight. I think they got a bonus, but uh, um, you you got a no. A split decision doesn't get you no matter who you are. It doesn't get you like the next biggest fight, which is the the title. Yeah, bantamweights. 
Who's next, really, for bantamweights? I mean, I don't know. Like TJ's pro. TJ's probably out for a bit. Yeah. More on that later. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm drinking tea, Bert. I was going to have a beer, but it's a Monday night, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm, Yeah, I'm beard (laughs) out. Let me have a right. Let's have a look because I'm blanking on the uh, on the rankings. UFC. You're what? Bantamweight rankings. Oh, you're you're blanking. Oh no no no. Okay okay. Let's have a look. All right. So yeah, you've got the three big guns. Obviously, we know about we, you know Aljamain Sterling, champion. Uh, Sean O'Malley, PCM, Marlon Vera. But the rematch with Vera could make. I don't know, man. Does O'Malley really leapfrog Marlon Vera to two? I agree with that. Well, you're you're talking like the, you know who makes the rankings, and you know how Idiots. they go with the grain. So the rankings really truly mean nothing. Like Paige Van Zandt was up there at number one and two for yeah, the longest period of time. Um, but yeah, moving on to the co-main event. Uh, this is a very controversial one. And at the same time, it's not. You know what I did today, Bert, when I was at lunch? I said, we're going to talk about this fight. And not that I want to try and sound as intelligent or as knowledgeable as you, but I'm going to try and look at this from a critical Bert Green perspective, right? Okay. Now, what that means is, TJ Dillashaw fought against Aljamain Sterling for the bantamweight title, right? Yeah. And it it came out, <clears throat> excuse me, it came out between rounds one and two that the locker room, like the referees or the commission or whoever was in charge back there, were notified that his shoulder, his left shoulder could pop out. Don't stop the fight. Now, the controversy is, was that a disclosed medical issue? Did he have to disclose the medical issue? Is it a non-disclosable medical issue? Um, or did he break any rules? Did TJ break any rules by not telling the UFC or the commission prior to the fight that he's got a shoulder issue? And I thought about it. And no one's going to know. Because who commissioned the fight? It was an internationally commissioned fight, mm-hmm. not sanctioned by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Unless we know their rules, we don't know if he broke them or not. Right. See, my take on it, I, I was, uh, I'm not concerned with whether he broke rules or not. My concern is, because I'm, I'm fairly sure he didn't. I'm pretty sure that there is no rule in place that says that you have to disclose injuries, fighters fight injuries all the time. My take on it is, that fighters should have to disclose those kind of injuries because um, I know that like you know, it's it seems like kind of almost uh, trivial or trite that uh, that it affects the betting community, but the betting community gambling is a huge huge part of combat sports and it's a huge part of the funding. This is why I was thinking about it. I was thinking specifically why because you're obviously involved with bets and gambling and stuff. Yeah. And this is exactly why I thought about it because of the Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather issue where it came out after. And I think Manny Pacquiao got sued or is in legal dispute with people that he had a shoulder injury going into his fight. Mm. And the issue is, oh, I put money on this guy, but it turns out he was injured or had an injury, blah, blah, blah. This is where I side with TJ. 
you put the money on this guy yourself, if you bet 10 bucks or your house, it's on you, right? Well, for me, it's, um, I don't, I don't agree. Like, I don't agree with that entirely. Cause the thing is, it's like, the use the but the betters need to be given the information because it is an event and it, and if it's a if if it's an injury that's been disclosed it's not and I'm not blaming TJ here because TJ disclosed it to the referee but the referee should have then disclosed it to the powers that be and they can make a decision and but my point is is like fight you don't necessarily have to call the fight but I feel I believe that those kind of injuries need to be disclosed because they do it in the NFL in the NFL like all, all those kind of injuries get disclosed because there's so much money being bet on the NFL so many things that you have to take into account now it's slightly different with a two-man sport because uh, the, the problem is with an injury that severe in a two-horse race for me that is pretty close to match fixing right. pretty close because there were people that knew about that injury there were people that knew that TJ basically had one arm and those people will have made a lot of money and the bookies are going to be annoyed at that, that they weren't notified because they've been taking these gigantic sums of money. Cause if you'd have bet on, on uh, Sterling to get the finish, you'd have gotten pretty decent odds on that. Now the odds on that should have been one-to-one less than evens. He's fighting a guy with one arm. Of yeah. course he's going to get the finish. How is he not get the fight's not going to go the distance and there's only going to be one winner. The the fight the 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 result was almost predetermined. Now there were obviously as the referee knew about it, there were other people that knew about it and they have an unfair insight and and the thing is is like is that is illegal. Like in in betting, like having that information and using and this is it brings me back to another point that uh, that the UFC have been complained about Kind of because in in the media in recent days, people getting upset about it that they've put a ban on fighters betting on fights at all, and this is why because fighters in TJ's camp will have known about that injury, and I bet some of them put a shit ton of money on Aljamain Sterling to get the finish because wow, you, yeah. you would you would you put twenty grand on you're gonna you're gonna triple that you know what I mean yeah. it's just and and that's why those kind of injuries should be disclosed in my opinion valid point and a caveat on that would be we don't know what the fighter is going through like you hear it all the time what the fighter is going through the day of the fight who's going to show up what fighter feels like they want to get in there like uh dustin uh not dustin uh cowboy cerrone said that yeah. he, he just didn't want to be in there against conor mcgregor brendan Schaub talks openly about being in there against um uh, Nogara in Brazil saying, I just could not get up for the fight, man. I just, I didn't want to do it. Um, I remember hearing a story about uh, Johanna Jim, 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 Jack. Jim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, her boyfriend broke up with her the night before Rose, Rose Namajunas knocked her out for the first time. Um, mm. So you don't know what the fighter is, is how they're going in to the actual event, whether they're going in injured, dealing with personal problems. And the onus you can't do your homework because it's non-disclosed it's personal blah 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 you got it like so many variables when it comes to betting um you know the old school man united like you put the house on man united to win a game i just remember growing up man united were the best team in, on the fucking planet 
But some days people go in and they have off nights. Some days people go in with a sore rib or a hurt ankle or whatever. Connor apparently had an issue uh, in the Dustin fight before his leg injury. They apparently went in with that injury. So well, it's, Drinking it's, cocaine, that was his main issue. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> so we don't know. So for people who didn't see the fight, uh, 15 seconds into the fight, uh, TJ gets taken down and you see him grimacing and he's wincing in pain because his shoulder pops out of the socket. And how he survived the first round, he was getting submission yeah, attempts. I mean, props to him. Insane. But that, like, this is why the commission is in place. You save a fighter against himself because mm. they're not going to quit. Those guys don't quit. He popped his shoulder out after 15 seconds and he was like, fucking still going, you know? Second round, he goes in, same thing happens. Shoulder pops out, gets fucking ground and pounded back to wherever the fuck he's from. Where is he, Colorado? Uh, let's say that. Yeah, let's say yeah. Colorado. So, yeah. Feel for, bad for him, you know? For me, like I said, yeah, because it is always a gamble. But for me, it's the fact the injury was disclosed before the fight. Mm -hmm. And still nothing was, uh, was done. Because like I said, yeah, okay, mental states, things like that, breakups. Um, I think they should all be disclosed. <laughs> hey, you've been, you've been, you, hey, your boyfriend's dumped it. You need to disclose that shit. That's illegal. Yeah, but, you um, got to get the menstrual cycle of the women so that you yeah, can calculate yeah, yeah. on I, I fight night. That, the... I want to put that shit in my calendar. Ooh, that's controversial, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Equality. But yeah, anyway, I just think that it's slightly different when it comes to physical impairments because, because that, because that's not even a gamble at that point like if 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 you've got like because because effectively tj dillashaw had one arm right now if i put a bet on a one-armed tj dillashaw i want 100 to one on that not yeah like two to one or or whatever it was do you know what i mean whereas like look again yeah you're gambling on their state of mind whether they're going to be up for the fight all that kind of thing but like at that point the fighter still has a chance of winning tj dillashaw before that, like before the bell rang, had zero chance of winning that fight, and it was zero effectively. Like because I think uh, I think he couldn't even throw punches. Yeah, like his his movement was was hampered. Like he couldn't do anything, and it's just like yeah. So yeah, yeah. And, and to, to capitalize on that as well, Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Overeem. We knew about that surgery on Brock's yeah. intestine or stomach. Or whatever. So did Alistair. <laughs> yeah, he went straight for Ooh, it. Yeah, yeah he so, did. Vicious. You know, like there's two sides to it. But I and think he... if people are complaining about, about the gambling side, like you always say, man, gamble within your means. You don't know what the fighter is not disclosing. Absolutely. But I feel like that was a bad one. I feel yeah. like that was... I feel like, honestly, it was close to match fixing it would like because it, the the result was more or less predetermined yeah and that and that's a problem for me yeah you know, it's like if it's a niggling thing sure it's a like, what it, a niggling thing a niggling like niggling okay. like like a, like a niggling injury like i got gotcha. you most fighters have niggling injuries going into the fights but... too close for whatever sorry yeah I, 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 it's it's just it, that, that's what i'd call it what would you call a niggling injury I, I'd say it, but I'd pronounce it better. Yeah, that's fair. It's, I'm, right. I'm mumbling. All right, I'm it's Monday. Hey, it's Monday. Monday, I'm tired. But yeah, I, I just, yeah, I feel like 
that that annoyed me a bit because it's it was it was just like well there was just yeah yeah it, it, I think it was handled quite badly just yeah it's like if, it, if just don't disclose it to the ref. So let's see what happens with TJ now. He's obviously got to go through maybe six, seven months of rehab and Sterling's probably going to defend it a couple of times before TJ comes back. TJ is probably going to have to fight three or four more times before he gets another shot at the belt. But um, God bless him. They both handled their post-fight interviews with class. Uh, Al Germain, you know, he's got a mouth on him. I like what he's doing. So let's see what he is happens funny. to him. He is funny. Uh, so let's, interesting. Uh, let's, let's move it to the main event, dude. The main event was... Um, I don't know. It was shocking for a lot of people. It wasn't shocking for more. Yeah. I, I was hoping that Charles would retain the title. I thought he would just be too experienced and too quick and too threatening. Like he was going to be taken down regardless, but off his back, he's phenomenal submission attempts, no matter where you're coming from elbows from the bottom. Mm. Um, but Makachev was just fucking flawless. I thought Charles would drop. Makachev with a left hook and Makachev dropped Charles with a right hook. Yeah. Well, that, that was um, one of the things I did mention in my video was that uh, Makachev's stand-up is actually wild. It's, it's not so much that it's underrated, it's that people focus on his wrestling. And actually his kickboxing is like, his striking is way better than Khabib's ever was. Like his striking's yeah. really actually quite high level. Uh, it's normally his kicks that cause the issues, but I did. That was a concern for me going it because the problem is, it's like Charles is excellent off his back, but not when he's rocked, and that's the problem, wasn't it? It was just like it, when we've seen Charles beat, you know, like Dustin, Justin, and um, and uh, uh, Michael Chandler. It was like he got rocked, but the, the, he because of his ground game, there was a hesitation caused. That hesitation wasn't there with Islam Makachev because he knows that, yeah, okay, he might be able to tie me up. He might be able to prevent me from doing damage down there, but he's not going to submit me because I'm not going to let him. And I'm not, I'm not going to get caught by those traps that he's setting. And he was very confident in that. And that confidence allowed him to get down there and grab onto Charles whilst he was still rocked. And yeah. like, it's, I think it was Bass Rutan that said, um, you know, when you when you're on the floor with somebody, elbow him in the face, like, and the black belt becomes a brown belt. Elbow him again, he's a purple. Elbow him yeah. again, he's a blue. Elbow him again, he's a white belt. Like, and that was that that was what happened there. Like, yeah. Charles Oliveira, not rocked, just with all his faculties, never gets caught in that in that head and arm triangle. It just doesn't happen. But Charles Oliveira was a white belt at that point because he was because he was more or less unconscious from the hook. <laughs> like he, he was rocked, yeah. he was stunned. So all of his technique and he, he, and he hasn't executed the right kind of uh, moves, the right transitions at the right times. And then, and then you end up getting, everyone needs oxygen. And yeah, uh, yeah. So, except Volkanovski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right against Ortega. Yeah, because that yeah. moves, it. that's an excellent segue into what's happening next with the lightweight title. There you go, man. They, DC, I don't know whose idea that was. DC just like said, oh, Volkanovski's right over there. Volkanovski, yeah. get in here. And then you just see these two small guys next to DC <laughs> just like facing off. Well, the thing is, is like I actually thought, I didn't think that Volkanovski looked as small as I'd expect him to look. He didn't. 
Like, because it, 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 they kept on, like, because Islam kept on calling him out, oh, the small guy. Where's the, where's the small guy? And it's just like, yeah, okay, he's, he's a little bit shorter than you, Islam. But actually, when you look at how wide, like, he's not a small, you've got to bear in mind that Volkanovsky, like, like I said, he walks around at 215 when he was playing rugby. Yeah. Like, wasn't he was massive. It wasn't 250, like people say it was. It was 215, all right? So that's still enough. Like, he was massive. And that's, and that is the thing that I like about Volkanovsky more than anything yeah. is that he has the heart and lungs of a 215 pound man. And he, and that's why he, he can put such a pace on people. And his footwork is probably the best in the UFC by like, by a margin as well. I think like, cause he can, he can go in do damage and get out and without taking damage. That's what he specializes in. Yeah. And, true. And his takedown defense is very, very good. And we saw against um, against Ortega the will to win on that man. It's like there's no there's no quitting him at all. Yeah. So I'm like, how does Makachev deal with a guy like that? Because there's no doubt in my mind who the faster guy is going to be. It's going to be Volkanovski all day. It just depends on how. But I think Volkanovski can probably put that weight on properly as well. I don't think he's going to do it like in in the way that Connor did in the first Nate fight where I don't think that it will compromise any of what Volkanovski does well but it might just add a bit more kind of heft onto his punches the punches that he will land more of than is Makachev in my opinion yeah. and I think I think I cuz I said before the fight that it doesn't matter who wins out of Makachev and and Oliveira the winner takes on Volkanovski. I think Volkanovski beats both of them. And I'd, I'd yeah, stand man. by that. Let's see. I'd love to have a bet with you on that one. I just, I, I don't want to make this about me because I'm a narcissist, but um, I remember the first, one of the first jiu-jitsu tournaments I was ever in, I was paired up against a Brazilian guy living in Dublin. And just that feeling of being in a jiu-jitsu match against a Brazilian, I was totally psyched out. Like I choked out within, say, 30 seconds. Um, it wasn't against Johnny Walker, was it? It definitely wasn't. I'm kidding. Yeah, no. He's a Brazilian living in, well, yeah, yeah. I assume Dublin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so when you've got these Dagestanian wrestlers and you know what they can do and you know now that this, these, this guy has striking, um, the psychological aspect of that, even when you're as big as Volkanovski, even when you've got the belt, even when everyone is chomping at the bit to get at you, just that feeling now of getting in there against Islam Makachev, the champion who just took out Charles Oliveira. This is going to be like a game of chess, man. The, the, mm-hmm. the striking is like on par virtually. Uh, yeah, Makachev doesn't have Volkanovski's footwork, but he's got the wrestling to compensate. Um, I don't know about like when you've got Ortega on you and you can get out of that guillotine, Makachev must know that your like sambo wrestling and submission attempts must be on point. So I would, uh, I would, I would say that that could be the fight of the year if that happens by the end. Oh, of the um, but it's going to happen. It's that it's been slated for Perth. Uh, for Perth. Yeah, yeah, because that's what they wanted to do. It. I mean, it's it's more or less guaranteed at this point. That is I'd what is it. happening. I'd so um, I, apparently, on the same card, they're thinking of doing Darius versus Oliveira, which oh, I'm yeah. all in for as well. That's fantastic. But yeah, I'm excited, very excited to see. Because I think out of everybody in the UFC, if one person deserves an opportunity to go and try and make themselves a two-weight division champ, it is Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Because 
Uh, like it's no secret. I'm a big fan of his. I'm just a huge fan of just everything about his fighting style, how technically good he is. Uh, I, just, I like, I like everything, how he does. I like, I just like how he carries himself. You know, he's yeah. just like, he's, he's confident without being arrogant, which is very difficult to do. Conor McGregor could learn a thing or two. Conor McGregor does it terribly, but like Volkanovsky, he's just, he, he, he doesn't really like dis- he doesn't discredit his opponents. He bigs them up, but he's also just like, but I am the best. Yeah. And I am going to beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> I'm that this is that because what he was, what he did against Max in their last fight was just nothing short of incredible. He was literally, he was just like talking to him. He was just like, I'm too fast, mate. Too fast. And he was, yeah. it was he poetry. Was just, it was really good. Yeah. He was just yeah. so fast. And if he can do similar against Matt, uh, I believe that, yeah, the wrestling's going to be uh, an issue to work to kind of a, a piece of the puzzle to combat. But I believe I haven't got the stats in front of me, but I think Volkanovski's takedown defense is pretty high. I think. I mean, obviously he hasn't had um, uh, Dagasani like wrestling phenom trying to take him down at the same time. But at the same time, I don't think Makachev has necessarily fought a kickboxer that's anywhere close to the level that Volkanovski is, and Makachev has been knocked out by Rocky Martins. Like, he did get knocked out. Yeah, yeah. And that will be in his head. He's not undefeated. He's not, like, invincible. And he knows that. And so does Volkanovsky. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Now, I'm sure uh, many people... We'll break it down. It. Yeah, we'll yeah, break we'll it down yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Burke Green, always a pleasure to talk to you, my man. Thank you for joining me once again. Before you go, tell people where you are and what you're about. Well... Uh, I am mostly about researching fights and I make picks based on trying to get the, the longest odds possible. But reality check that if you, if you want to make, if you want bets that will come off all the time, probably bet on the favorites most of the time, every now and again, you'll get underdog odds, but either, but what I'm mostly about is just researching the fighters, letting you know a little bit more about what they do well, what they maybe don't do well. And then you can make your own informed decisions. But I, but the fun for me is in breaking down the fighters and, and just trying to kind of work out like possible ways that the fighters could go. I just do, um, I do my other shows breaking down the events. It's going to be one I'm going to be doing them tomorrow. But I try and inject a bit of humour into them. I find memes from around the UFC. I've, I also during the NFL season do a little NFL show on Sundays just because uh, I love the NFL and uh, the Jets are doing good this year. So it's good to be good to be a Jets fan right now. And, uh, yeah, so. The Burke, the Burke Green, the underscore Burke Green, on, Burke Green on Instagram, the underscore Burke Green on Twitter, and the Burt Locker on YouTube. It is the top uh, search. It's the top result when you type in the Burt Locker on YouTube. You no longer have to go through seven pages worth of the Hurt Locker clips, which is pretty nice. Because you're hustling <laughs> like a motherfucker. Hustling. Yeah, lots of content. I'm a, I am prolific. I'm, I'm. If nothing else. I'm prolific. You get a lot of content. It's, uh, Absolutely, man. Yeah. There's a lot of shit out there, and then there's stuff yeah. like yours. And no, thank you. I, I, I love watching your stuff. I love listening to that uh, tremendous British accent. You know, our ancestors didn't get along, but I think we get along yeah. pretty well, right? Yeah. It was hundreds of years ago. You know, it's like... <laughs> live and let live. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, I've always said this. You can't, you can't focus on things that happen. If... If something happened before you were born and you had nothing to do with it, then just let it go. 
Really? I will not be part of that racist opinion. Yeah, well, well. <laughs> Bert Green, thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Rock and roll, everybody. Mm-hmm.